again, this is Family Month at Calvary Baptist Church, and this month we're focusing on God's plan for the family, God's intention for the family. Our Sunday morning messages have that focus the entire month. Uh, this coming Sunday night, we're going to talk about how to lead a family devotion, and that's a big deal. That's going to carry a lot of weight. That's this coming Sunday night. Uh, in our men's lunch as well, during the month of November, we're going to look at God's plan for the family. We started with that last week uh, in our men's lunch during this family month looking at one of, if not the most important pieces for God's plan for the family. And I start thinking about what God intended for the home, what God intended for the family, and I truly believe this may be the most important piece of his plan for the family, and that is the man as the spiritual leader of the home, the man as the spiritual head of the home. And if you remember, I started off last week saying uh, that I believe, and I'll just tell you, I truly do, I really believe uh, our nation is a mess and I believe that is because our churches today, many of them have become ineffective. And I believe that has happened because our homes are not producing Bible-knowing, God-honoring disciples of Jesus Christ. And I believe the fault of that rests with the fact that men are not operating as the spiritual leaders in their homes. And I believe if you want to see God move in our nation and if you want to see the church become a dynamic and powerful force, if you want to see homes that are changed and they become God honoring and they become Christ following, then you need to see God do a work in the hearts of men and them, them operate as the spiritual leaders of their homes. And so again in November, we're going to look at what God has called for and what it looks like for us, what it looks like for you to be the spiritual leader in your home, the spiritual head of your home. Each week this month, we're gonna carefully look at one aspect of that. Again, what does it look like, very practically, for you to be the spiritual leader in your home? Last week, we saw that to be the spiritual leader in your home, you have to love like Christ. You have to love like Christ. If you're going to be the spiritual leader in your home and, and God has given you that position, he's given you that place of authority, you have to love like Christ. And then last week we looked at the scriptural basis for that. And we saw that what that looks like in real life, what that looks like for you to love like Christ is first you're to provide for your home. And that is your responsibility. And it's nobody else's responsibility to provide for your home. It's nobody else's job. You provide for your home. And that's how you show the love of Christ in your home. Not only that, you sacrifice for your home. And, and you put them before yourself. And you put your wife and your kids before yourself. And, and they become the priority in your home. And you sacrifice for your home. And then last we saw last week that you provide for your home. You sacrifice for your home but you also serve your home. We saw that Jesus' understanding of leadership, his, his definition of leadership is servant leadership. And as the spiritual head of your home, you're to serve your wife. You're to serve your kids. You're to serve your home. And so last week we saw the spiritual leader loves like Christ. Provides for his home, serves his home, sacrifices for his home. Well, today we're going to move on and we're going to see a different aspect, and that is this. The spiritual leader of the home, he loves like Christ, 
But today we're gonna see the spiritual leader of the home also lives like Christ. The spiritual leader of the home lives like Christ. And the truth of today is this. How you live as a Christian man, how you live, what you do, how you act, how you respond, the attitudes that you have, how you live as the spiritual leader truly matters. In fact, we're gonna see it's of great importance. As the spiritual leader in your home, your example, and that becomes their example, is that you live like Christ. I'm gonna move through some verses in Ephesians chapter four, and we're gonna see what it looks like to live as Christ. Again, you love like Christ, you also live like Christ. Ephesians chapter four, here's the call to live like Christ. Ephesians chapter four, beginning in verse 17. We're gonna go verse by verse. It says this. And so this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. Now what verse 17 says is this. Uh, the Gentiles, those were the pagans. Those were the lost people. And so he says, you no longer walk. Now that word walk means how you live. It means the pattern of your life, the walk of your life. And so he says, you know what, how you live as a Christian, you no longer walk, you no longer live as do lost people. It says with the futility of their mind. Futility, if you look that word up, means pointlessness. It means uselessness. Uh, how they live, how a lost person lives, and if you watch the pattern of their life, it does not matter. Uh, how they live has no value. It has no eternal usefulness, and it really has no purpose. As Christians, however, it does matter how you walk. It does matter how you live. Look at verse 18. Being darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. Verse 18 tells us the reason they live this way is because they're lost. The reason they live this way is because they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I always tell people we get, we get kind of down on what our nation looks like. We get kind of down on the things that, that happen around us. Uh, you know what, we ought not be surprised when lost people live like lost people. That shouldn't surprise us. They do not have Christ. Uh, they're not saved. They don't have a relationship. They don't have godly wisdom. And so we shouldn't be surprised when lost people live like lost people. But Paul is saying here, however, saved people shouldn't live like lost people. Saved people, Christians, should not walk as do lost people. Look at verse 19. And they, having become callous, they've become hardened, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Verse 19 then describes the pattern of a lost person's life. He says, you know what? We shouldn't live as a lost person. We do not live the pattern of our life as a lost person. Then in verse 19, he describes the pattern of life for a lost person. I'm gonna read that again. And they having become callous, they've become hardened, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Now, what he's saying that a lost person does in their life, um, they set the course of their life by what satisfies them. 
They do in their life according to what they want to do. And it tells us here some of those things. They practice impurity. That word impurity means corruption. Another, another word says filthiness. Uh, they do what they want to do and they seek what they want to do and that sets the course of their life and they, they practice corruption in their life and they enter into filthiness in their life and it says that they are motivated by greed. Why does the world look the way that it does? Just look at the last couple weeks in our nation. Why does the world look the way it does? It's because that's the pattern of life for a lost person. That's what Paul's telling us here. Do not be surprised when a lost person acts like a lost person, but you know what? As followers of Christ, of Christ, we should live differently. Here's the call for our life as followers of Jesus Christ. And we start to see the call here in verse 20. It says this, But you did not learn Christ in this way. But you did not learn Christ in this way. By Christ here, it's talking about the truth of Christ. He says, this is the pattern of living for the lost world, but you did not live the, tr- you did not hear or learn the truth of Christ in that manner, in that way. Verse 21. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. Now, verse 21 says this there is a difference in a person that follows Jesus Christ. And he makes it very pointed here, makes it very plain. He says, if you really did hear, and if you really were taught, and if you really did receive this truth, there is a difference in your life. That's what verse 21 is saying. The truth of of what Paul is saying here is this. If you are following Jesus Christ, you cannot live like a lost person any longer. That's the truth of it. If, If you've put your faith in Christ, You cannot live as a lost person any longer. And then he he really is making it very pointed here. He says, however, if you're living like you're a lost person, maybe it's because you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. So if indeed you did hear and if indeed you did receive and if you did receive the teaching, the truth of Christ, if you're able to keep living like a lost person, maybe it's because you've never received Jesus Christ. Verse 22 that in reference to your former manner, there's a change of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. You lay aside your old self. You have a change. Verse 23, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 23 says your actions change because your mind has changed. And in your life as a follower of Christ, you have a new truth. And it's not the truth, the the, the pattern of life of a lost person. It's the truth of Jesus Christ. You have a new way of thinking, so you have a new way of acting. And it's because your new way of thinking is steeped in the truth of Jesus Christ. Verse 24 says this. And put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Righteousness and holiness. Christian man, listen to me today. Hear this today. Here's the truth. You have been called by God, and then you have been empowered through God 
to live a holy and righteous life. Did you know that? Follower of Jesus Christ, Christian man, endeavoring to be the spiritual head of your home. You've been called by God and you've been empowered through God to live a holy and righteous life, a different life, a life that looks more like the God that we serve instead of the world in which we live. And that's what it's saying. Your, your pattern is God. You're supposed to live like the God that we serve instead of this messed up world in which we live. Here's the question for us today. So do we. So do we. You see, here's the problem today. The world's view of a man today, and you go watch what we, what we, what we celebrate as a man, and you go watch the TV today, and you look around those men that we esteem today. Um, the world's view of a true man is a self-serving, self-satisfying, foul-speaking, woman-degrading, macho man. And it is a wrong perspective of a man. It's a corrupt perception of a man and it brings trouble to our homes. You know what? As a follower of Jesus Christ, he's called us not to live like the lost world. He's called us to be holy. He's called us to be righteous in our life. As a Christian man, we're not supposed to watch what the world would watch. And we're not supposed to think about the world, what they would think. And we're supposed to be different even to the point of being called holy and righteous, imitating our God. Let me ask you this today. Why does that matter in the context of your home? Why does that matter in the context of your home? Listen to me very carefully. It's this. You see, the standard and the example of godliness in your home, the standard and the example of godliness that your wife sees and that your kids see is to be modeled by you. Do you know that's God's plan? The standard of holiness, the, the example of godliness in your home that your wife is going to see, that your kids are going to experience, that is to be modeled by you as the spiritual leader in your home. Be very clear today. The first place that your little kids ought to get a glimpse of the God that we serve is in the faith and the lifestyle of their daddy. That's how we're supposed to live. The first glimpse that we say, you know what? We serve a powerful God and he's righteous and he's holy. The first place that your kids ought to get a glimpse of that is in the faith and the lifestyle of their daddy. Be very clear today. Your wife ought to know that it's safe to submit to the authority of God because she's learned to trust in the leadership of a godly husband. We've got women today and they're not sure what it, if they can submit to this plan, if they can follow this plan because they're following some guy who hasn't submitted to God. She's supposed to learn that she can trust to submit to the plan and the authority of God because she sees it in the leadership of a godly husband. She should see God in you very simply. Look around. Kids today have no idea what holiness and righteousness and even grace look like because we have given up this aspect of being the spiritual leaders in our home. Kids don't have a clue. They don't have a direction because they're not seeing it in the example of their dad. Wives today, they can't see the purpose and they can't submit to God's plan for their home because we've given up the aspect of being the spiritual leader of the home. All of it comes to this. How we live matters. As the spiritual leader of your home, you're to be holy and you're to be righteous and you're not to look like this world and we are to 
imitate Jesus Christ. How you live truly matters. That's pretty tough. That's pretty hard. That's a high standard. You know what? Your kids are supposed to catch a glimpse of God through your lifestyle and your faith and your example. Your wife is supposed to see God in you. That's a, that's a tough standard. I want to tell you today the good news is this. God forgives. God restores. God leads. And so as the spiritual leader in our home, we need to submit to him. We need to say, God, forgive me where I've been off track. Forgive me where I, where I haven't led this and I haven't modeled this for my family. God, restore me to that place that I would seek after you and it would be exhibited in my life and empower me in that moving forward. The spiritual head of the home, which we're called to be, loves like Christ and he lives like Christ. I'm gonna ask if you'd stand with me for a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Dear Father, we come today, we're thankful for you and I'm thankful that you make it very plain to us today uh, that, that as men, yes, we're called to be the spiritual head of our home, the spiritual leader of our home and, and we ask for forgiveness where we've shirked that responsibility when we've let that fall on somebody at the church or our wife or a grandmother or somebody else. Help us today to hear the truth that we've been given the God-given place and authority to lead spiritually in our homes. I pray today that we would understand that that means that we love like Christ and we, we show our love by providing for our home and sacrificing for our home and, and showing the love of Christ in our home that they can depend on their dad. They can depend on their husband. I also pray that today we would see that as the spiritual head of the home, we're to live like Christ. And the example that our kids are gonna see and the example that our wife is gonna follow should be set by us. And we wouldn't excuse it away and say, well, that's, that's just how I am and that's just how I'm, I'm built and I mess up. But we would understand you've called us to a higher standard. Forgive us where we've been off track. Empower us to follow that. And then let our kids and our wives see a godly dad leading a godly home. Let that change show up in our church life. Let that change show up in our nation. But let it start with us, each of us as individuals. We tell you today we love you, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you. And I pray in my King's name, in Jesus' name, amen.